You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, welcome to Walk It Out. Now, I very excited to talk about boys today. I have 10 kids, three of them boys, but I have to say that God waited until I was in my 40s to give me the most active boy ever. <laughs> so I know we'll be talking about a lot about this with my guest today. Let me tell you a little bit about Monica Swanson. Monica is a wife, mom, author, blogger, and podcast host passionate about encouraging moms who are raising boys in today's world. We're going to be talking about her book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. We're going to be hearing a lot of practical advice and biblical truth. Now, get this. Monica lives in Hawaii. (laughs) I'm a little jealous right now, but welcome, Monica. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Okay, that is so true what I just said. I am so old and tired. My oldest son is 31. My youngest son is nine. Oh, man. And he is the most active, total mm-hmm. 100% boy. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? God, we had to wait. Yeah. Till maybe, maybe it is just because I'm tired that he's more active. I don't know. No, I, I relate. My fourth son, so we had three boys pretty close together. And then there was a six and a half year gap. And then we had son number four just before I turned 40. And exactly the same thing. That kid has more energy than all of them combined. And I'm like, really? I'm kind of tired now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, is, it yeah. is exhausting. But uh-huh. I will say, because oh, we have seven girls, I mm-hmm. will say boys, I think, are easier. But we'll be talking about all those hey, things oh, now. I'd love yeah. to hear because I don't know. I don't know what yeah, I don't you don't know. know. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, let's just start by telling us like what your heart is about just helping us understand boys better. Mm, Yeah. Well, you know, the Lord has been good to me in my journey. I don't feel like I started off my parenting journey feeling like much of an expert. I was raised by an awesome mom and had a great childhood and just always imagined that motherhood would come so natural. But, you know, Mm. I just be this awesome mom. And I was raised with two older brothers. So I was kind of in the boy world growing up. And then when I started having kids of my own, I realized that it was not as natural or as easy as I had always imagined it would be. My mom had tricked me into making motherhood look so easy and fun, but the reality <laughs> was I really, I really did struggle. And those first few years, and you know, part of it was I'm I'm from the Pacific Northwest. To be fair, I haven't always been in Hawaii, but um, my husband and I got married in Oregon. We were there for his medical school training, and then we moved to Hawaii 19 years ago. And so he was here in residency, and we had three boys within the medical school and residency years. So I don't highly recommend that to anyone. So we were living on an island in a teeny little hot place. I didn't know anybody, and I was trying to be super mom to three boys and quickly discovered that I couldn't do that very well, that I was going to burn out really fast. And realized, you know, some of the weaknesses I never realized I had before, like a temper and like, Mm -hmm. you know, anger issues. And so I really had to dig in when my boys were young and ask the Lord, you know, what matters most? I'm, 
I'm trying to do everything right. My intentions are good, but this isn't fun. And I'm certainly not the mom I hoped I would be. And so that's when I kind of learned, well, first of all, God just met me there and really encouraged my heart and led me to people who would pray for me and support me and um, started to really narrow my focus from trying to do all of the things all of the time to saying what really matters most. And let's focus on those few things. And, and those things all came down to character and faith. And so as I narrowed my focus and loosened my grip and trusted God more and started enjoying my boys more, I discovered a whole lot happier way to live. And the boys started doing pretty well and I started to enjoy them more and life got a lot better. And so I just love to take the things I've learned from other people, from digging in, reading books, research, um, and my own experience now that my boys, you know, my oldest is 21 and um, my youngest is 10. And so I just love to share what I've learned along the way. Never, perf- you know, nothing, nothing we're doing today is even perfect, but certainly I've learned a lot that I love to share with others. Oh, I love that so much. And I want to talk about, you talked about, you know, just that overwhelming. Mm. And I think all of us as new moms Mm -hmm. hit that point. Like we think that, okay, we got this. I mean, I was the one that was always volunteering in the nursery at church. I loved kids. I loved babysitting. All of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, I have three little kids and my husband. So we had our third when he was going to college mm-hmm. and working at Domino's Pizza at night. Oh <laughs> we oh were boy. in a tiny, tiny little apartment. We only had one car. Oh, and yeah. I just remember by the time he got home, just being so overwhelmed and yeah. so exhausted. And it wasn't like anything that I had imagined. I think that overwhelm hits moms mm-hmm. uh, sometimes the first week. Sometimes it might take a little while, yeah. but yeah. it really is that, that point where we think, okay, this is not what I thought. I am mm-hmm. not who I thought these kids are who I thought. Right. So, and maybe let's start with that. So what was it like for you to hit that overwhelm? And you talked about really narrowing your focus. Um, is that where things turned around for you? Yes, but not overnight. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy when we look right. back and like, it and is. then I discovered this. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you know, those days are long when the kids are little. Those those weeks mm-hmm. are long. And I just remember, you know, feeling like, what in the world am I going to do with these boys? And I'm sure a lot of listeners relate just being in this time of pandemic and feeling mm-hmm. kind of trapped. I mean, I remember thinking I want to go do things with them, but they were so much work. You know, you take them in a public place and you just come home going, why did I try? <laughs> exactly. Or so not even I, going to church yeah. or anything. It's like I oh, was yeah. just in the nursery the whole time. <laughs> Yes, this was like punishment. So, you know, during those years there, there was a lot of prayer and a lot of, like I said before, digging in, but also uh, just trying to trust the process as older women spoke into my life and told me, you know, this is normal. What you're going through is normal. And I think I just needed to know that this too shall pass and that I was started to lift my eyes from the day to day situations I was facing from the diapers, the tantrums, all the things to the vision for the young men I wanted my boys to grow up to become. And I do believe that casting my vision on the future helped me get through Mm -hmm. those days. So yeah, the two things you talked about are character and faith. Mm -hmm. And you know, now that my sons are, well, my older two are 31 and 26, and I can wow, see that crazy. so much in them. And, I, and then I still have that nine-year-old yeah. that I'm like, oh my goodness. So yeah. I, you know, I have both ends of the spectrum. And, you know, for us, John and I definitely like, we chose to attend church and serve in church and have, you know, dinner around the table and, um, you know, teach our kids the Bible, those things. And it really does make a difference. What did you like focus on for those things, character and faith? Like we are going to focus on this and 
trusting, trusting that years from now, it's going to make a difference. Yes. So I think that, again, my husband's an amazing father, a godly man, but so much of those early years, I was pretty much on my own. Mm -hmm. I was, I felt pretty lonely. So I think that finding a community and again, I mean, I really am a believer in finding the resources you need to help you narrow your focus. What, you know, I found just a few books, not too many. I didn't want to tune into too much, but really finding the voices that I respected and could learn from, and then just choosing, okay, what, what does good character look like? And a lot of that for us was finding a few families who had gone ahead of me, whose kids oh, yeah. really impressed me. I was like, oh my goodness, what have you done? I be- I'm a big believer in asking questions, like going to that mom of a teenager and saying, Can you tell me what you did. Like when your kids were little, t- talk to me, teach me, mentor me. And so I asked a lot of questions and started taking notes and started to decide these are some things I'm going to do. And, and again, you know, never, never perfectly, never perfectly consistent, but certainly doing my best. Yeah. So what were some of the things like when you saw someone that maybe they said, okay, this really worked or something that when you, you know, sometimes we don't even have to ask. Sometimes we can just see like, oh, I see how she's talking gently or I see these things. So what were some of those core things like in those younger years that, that really helped? Right. Well, I think I was just, you know, impressed with character qualities in some young adults or teenagers when they would do things like just help their help their parents without being told like I'd be over visiting a friend and I'd see the son get up and just like do something that you would want your kid to do but she didn't even tell him and I'm like oh you know just mental note when I walked in the door they would give me eye contact greet me properly Mm. you know whether here in Hawaii we hug everybody so give hugs um just the little things that may seem so normal, but the truth is, I hate to say it, but they're lacking in today's culture. You yeah. know, you walk in a lot of people's homes, their kids don't even lift their eyes from their device and greet you properly. And certainly, you know, mom's barking orders and the kids aren't responding. So just that quick obedience, I think was one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing kids that were others centered, that were doing things that were were really thoughtful, not necessarily, you know, being told to, but just had that thoughtfulness about them. Uh, seeing kids who were involved in really positive things, you know, choosing uh, the influences in their lives. So be plugged into youth groups, serving at the church, volunteering here and there. And so that's where I started to go, okay, you know, you, you maybe can't force those things when they're teenagers, but if you start young to show them the things that really matter, to point them to good influences, to point them to good role models, maybe those are some things that are going to help them grow up with that being a natural part of their day. And if our family embraces it, hopefully my kids will too. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think so many times we forget that these are all things that need to be taught, mm. like how to make eye contact, how 100%. to say hello when someone comes in, yes. how to, yes. you know, and I think, um, you know, for us, we don't have electronics around the dinner table. Like, mm-hmm. They don't even get it till after their homeschool stuff is done and their chores are done. So, you know, we set those boundaries, but it is a reminder, like if we are at church and we haven't been in a while, which is really sad, but, you know, I it's know. just saying like, if someone talks to you, like make eye contact and, you know, don't be just looking at your device all the time. And those are yes. things that you kind of have to teach them you do. and remind them and not like, so if we're standing there just on our device, like they're going to be like, well, oh you're telling me to do this. And 100%. so really it is like thinking of the other person and teaching our kids to notice because it's so true. Like everything is on this little device in their hands yes, <laughs> they're like at their fingertips which is something that we never had right. um, so it really does take 
teaching them how to connect with other people. Yes. Well, one thing I talk about in Boy Mom, and um, and I've actually recently created a character training course, which I'm so Ooh, excited about. Yes, tell us about that. So yeah, sure. well, I, I launched the, well, so I'll back up. So in Boy Mom, I have a full chapter on um, raising boys of godly character, noble character, mm. godly character. And one of, there's a few things that I've done over the years that I shared about. One of them you just touched on, and that is actually training kids in character when they're young by by practice. And so yeah. the example I share in the book is, you know, before going to the grocery store, because how often do we throw kids in the car? They don't even know where they're going. We get to right. the grocery store, we put them in the cart. We call it a wagon in Hawaii. I think on the mainland, they say cart. Um, they but, say buggy in Arkansas. Buggy. buggy, look at you, see? <laughs> so fun. So then all of a sudden we're like, and behave well while I shop and expect them, you know, not even thinking that they're probably hungry. And of course they're going to ask for candy. Of course they're going to fight, grab things, run away. And so one of the things I learned from a friend, another mentor was, to before you even go, say, okay, we're going to go to the grocery store right there. Just tell them what they're going to do. Let's practice how we act at the grocery store and seriously take five minutes to do a practice grocery store training session. Now they might think it's a game. They might have fun with it, but you lay down the rules, simple rules, not too many. You tell them that if you can get through the grocery store without grabbing, fighting, arguing, then when we check out, I'm going to get a pack of gum for you guys to share. And so it's kind of like setting yourself up for success by just thinking a couple steps ahead, which I admit I am not good at naturally. But when you can think ahead and do some training, another example is um, the girlfriend who taught me this. She had three kids under five, um, really busy season. And she would do things like before, say, a Easter church service where maybe there was no childcare and all the kids were in the service. She would do practice church and line the kids up on a bench, make them practice their sitting in their pew. And because she's at home, she could do a little discipline if they didn't behave well. And she's like, this is how you sit in church. Let's practice. Let's lift our heads up. Let's look, let's not fidget. Let's not slide down onto the ground, you know? So she would just practice. And I thought that is so practical and helpful. And so I would do little training sessions with my kids when they were young. And now it doesn't mean there's ever going to be a peaceful trip to the grocery store, but um, it certainly helped. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's so true that we just expect them to know what to do, what, what be good is, or don't fuss or all these things. I remember when our daughter who's 28 now, um, she was little, she, every time someone would talk at church, she would just get behind me. And we thought she was oh, shy yeah. and we yeah. were doing a parenting course. They're like, uh, they're actually strong willed. That's not shy. And, and they talked about that training. Yeah. And so we, I would do the very same thing. I'm like, okay, we're going to go to church. And she had this long curly hair. And I said, people will probably comment like your hair looks pretty or your dress looks mm-hmm. pretty. And this is how you do it. And yes. you say, thank you. I mean, you don't need it. Yes. We don't need to have them have this huge conversation, but look at them mm-hmm. say, thank you. And we would practice this at home. I'm like, okay, I'm Mrs. Johnson and I'm coming in. And, yes. you know, and we practice. Totally. And she went from being this kid that hid behind us, which we, we totally realized it was strong will. She just was mm-hmm. exerting her will. Yep. And she became so social and outgoing. Aww. And now she's a missionary. I love it. So it's it's just like, we need to train them though. We can't expect kids, boys or girls to know what to do or how to act. Like this is the first time they've been three or four or whatever age they are. That's right. Um, And I think if you don't set that standard, then they're going to do whatever is their default or they're comfortable with, or like you said, exerting their will or anything else. So for sure. Yeah. So good. Okay. Let's talk about a couple more things. Since I know there are things that 
a lot of parents are talking about, and that is technology. And so, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. uh, I think that is one of the things for sure has changed from my 31-year-old to my 9-year-old. This mm. is a whole new territory. Totally. So yes. I know you talk about this too. Like, talk a little bit about what we can do to help our boys in this area. Yes. Oh, it's the million-dollar question that I wish there was one answer to. <laughs> but, well, you, know, you need yeah. to give it to us now. I know. <laughs> Well, I think, and I'm I'm with you, even my first three sons, I share in Boy Mom that they really grew up in a different world than mm-hmm. my youngest. And just in a few years time, things changed so dramatically. And it, it does make me sad. I mean, I just have to acknowledge that it, it is a different world. We are facing new battles. And, you know, my older boys really grew up living in their imagination so much of the day, so much of the day, just wandering in our teeny tiny yard, like just finding bugs and and exploring nature. And then if there's a device around my 10 year old, just I mean, we now live on two acres in the country where he could explore all day. But if there's a device around and he can get on it, that's what he'll be magnetically drawn to it. And I'm like, oh, I just don't like that. This is a battle. So I think that um, the most important thing is to just take it seriously. I mean, I understand that we want to laugh some things off and some moms are like, oh, everyone's going to be fine. But we really don't know Mm -hmm, yet mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. it's going to look like down the road for these kids who grew up staring at devices most of the day, which literally research shows us that most kids are growing up looking at devices most of the day. And so we don't know what that will look like. And so I just say to to take it serious, I mean, I think if we want to raise kids in the real world, we're going to have to deal with some technology. And most of our kids are doing some amount of their school using devices. So I I don't believe in banning it completely and living in a cave, but I think we need boundaries. So every family has to figure out what that looks like. Um, I'm a huge believer, of course, in getting uh, filters on every device Mm -hmm. in your home. Don't risk anything there because you your kids don't have to go looking for things. Things find them. Um, and I think that just figuring out what is reasonable, what in my, you know, in our family situation, what is going to fit and what is reasonable and then standing your ground. Do not let those kids push you around because they will do everything in their power to convince you that you're the only mom, that they're the only kid. Why me? And you just have to tell them you love them. God has put you in charge of them until they are adults. And this is what you believe is best for them. And and hold your ground because, man, that can be a tough battle. <laughs> yeah. And I think once we set the boundaries I'm of course they're going to try to you know fight back or what Mm -hmm. about this or my friend does this Mm -hmm. but I think it works better if we say like for us okay you don't even get it and our little kids don't even have phones they they have like tablets but our kids aren't even able to get a phone until they're 15 and they pay for it themselves which has been super helpful Um, but they can't even get any electronics and like until all their schoolwork is done, mm, all so their chores, and so really, it is about like three thirty four in the afternoon before yep. they even have devices. Which sometimes I, I forget. It. I'll like text them, like oh, a reminder about this. I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> they don't even have their phone right totally, now. Yeah, but once so like it, it's the hardest during the summer yeah. when okay, we didn't oh, have school sure. and I kind of get lenient and mm-hmm. all these things. And I think once the kids get used to like these are the boundaries, or like no, no, you know, electronics at the dinner table, or not taking them into church, or you know, whatever. Yeah whatever yeah. they are they will go with it like I think it's more yes I, I see it more the parents like uh-huh. oh 100%. you know 
Yeah, more than yes. parents. But once they have the boundaries, I found that kids rise to it when we set those for them. I agree. And I, and I think it gives them, and you know, another thing I talk a lot about in different areas, including technology, is, is just the, the security kids feel when you set a firm boundary. If they see that you are confident that this is a good rule, that this makes sense, that this is for their best. When you are confident, I believe that makes them feel more secure. When you're wishy-washy and kind of changing the rules Mm -hmm. every day and, oh, shoot, maybe I should give you more, they're going to see that and that's going to make them feel insecure and and lose respect and trust in you. And so being, you know, even if you have to a little bit break your confidence because technology, none of us know for sure. But the other thing I love to talk about is just really helping kids focus on all the things they can do. And so instead of focusing on can't, 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 well, let's look at all the things you can do pretty much without limits. So let's talk about, you know, exercise. Let's talk about reading great books. How about if you build something, create, you know, there's so many yeses. And I think our family's biggest way of dealing with technology is to keep kids so busy, so active, so, you know, involved in things that stimulate their bodies and their brains that at the end of the day, you know, technology isn't, doesn't have the same draw because they're experiencing real adventure. They're having real fun and they're tired and they want to sleep at night. So I think I really encourage parents to find ways to give, especially boys, but girls too, but give them those opportunities to do hard things, to get tired, to get dirty. And then I think technology won't be such a battle. Oh, I love that so much. I completely agree. And I know you'd also talk about just connecting with our kids. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I remember, you know, having the boys like I am the baker and the craft person. and So Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to do that sort of thing. And, you know, I've had friends that told me like, sit down and play Mario with a Mario Kart. And they just thought it was my older boys that are now in their, you know, 30s and tw- late 20s yeah. um they would just think it's hilarious because I would just crash like I couldn't yeah. even make oh, it yeah. like what totally. but it's like the best time for mm-hmm. them and because I did that when they were young mm-hmm. um now my both my sons live in the same town they come over regularly for board games mm-hmm. um our 26 year old bought dance dance whatever over <laughs> right. the phone app <laughs> we're like dancing in the evening and Yay. he's like 20 with all the little kids and me yes. and we're dancing and I think I am so glad that I had that friend that told me like, go sit down and play Mario Kart. Yes. Because now I have these kids that we do enjoy Mm -hmm. those times together. I mean, at least a couple times a week, we're playing board games and we're doing Mm -hmm. these interactive things, even though they're adults and and one of my one son has four kids. Uh Um, Because we, I spent that time doing things that they enjoyed, not just things that I enjoyed. It made a huge difference. Yes. I I couldn't agree more. And, and again, that takes intentionality. I know a lot of moms just don't feel like they relate to their sons. They're just like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand them. It's easier for them to just hang with their dad or to give them time on a device or whatever it might be. But I still encourage moms to find those ways to connect, find those things that you can do because exactly your experience is, you know, as they grow up, they're going to think of you as somebody they can connect with if you do the work when they're young. Yeah. And I guarantee my little guy, if he's sitting and playing this tablet, if I said, Hey, do you want to play Legos? That tablet is down in like three seconds. Like mom's on the floor. Like this is the coolest thing ever. Or, you know, when they're saying, mom, look, mom, see this, you know, I mean, I have work to do, but yes, take the time to like, okay, give me five minutes, buddy, then I'm going to come over and watch whatever you're building or whatever you're doing uh, or how yeah. you're jumping off that thing or whatever. Yep. I mean, yep. they just want that so much to have that connection with us. They do. They crave it. And in the early years, I confess, those were the hardest times for me just because I didn't, you know, I wasn't 
enjoying Transformers or their superhero. You know, it, it wasn't, it's just not something I'm naturally drawn to, but I realized that you you can kind of learn to love some things that you didn't think you would and that it's going to pay off in time for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I love, so in Boy Mom, I mean, you have so much so many great tips and advice. And another thing is conversation starters that you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like why, why do you think that is so important for us um, to take that time to really, you know, converse and connect with our kids in that way? Yeah. Well, I think just over the years blogging and, and hearing from so many moms, again, you know, there's there's a big range. Some moms feel easy connection with their sons. And and I also say, you know, honestly, most of us are going to feel a little more connected to one kid than another. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Like for anyone that feels stressed out or guilty about that, I'm like, you know what? Everybody has a different personality. You're, you're not going to connect with everyone the same. But I think being intentional, again, about the conversations and as much as possible when they're young, because when they're teenagers, you want them to talk. So when they're young, you want to start those conversations and you want to bring up some things that are just silly and fun and make their imaginations go. And you also want to bring up some things that are uncomfortable and hard and mm-hmm. and you want to bring up things that they know then are safe to bring up with mom and dad. You know, you want to bring up topics that... Um, so that they know when that comes up in their own life, that, that you're totally okay talking about. Again, even if you have to fake it a little, because who's comfortable talking about sex? Who's comfortable right. talking about all of those things? And yet, if you can bring it up and say, okay, now it's out there. Now, if you have a question, I'm here. You can come to me. So yeah, I think just, um, and dinner time is a great time to have the conversation starters. Just bring up whatever you can and, and talk, go around the table bedtime is a great time especially with teenagers I find they open up the most at night oh so, my right, goodness when you're like exhausted. 11 p.m <laughs> yes. I'm like I just want to go to bed and then all yeah. of a sudden like well what do you think about revelation I'm like oh my gosh yeah. like two hours <laughs> exactly yep last night it was the tribulation and I was like are you kidding can we just like do this another time I'm really tired but you're right same but you know if, if teenagers are ready to talk we want to take advantage of that whenever it is yeah. And it's so funny because um, one of my sons plays some online video game and he talks about this guild and this and and he's 26, but he's still like totally involved. And the other day he was over and his older brother's over and I was asking about his guild and did they ever get that resolved and blah, blah. And my oh, eldest son looks job. at me and goes like, you know, all this. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I pay attention. I can't even That's tell awesome. you the guild name or anything, but you know what I mean? There's those times when they're, when they're talking. Yes. Like, it's okay. Like, I can hear about this guild. I can listen to whatever. Well, and that's why you have a great relationship with them because you do that. And again, that takes intentionality. And so well done. Good job. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, You know, I mentioned earlier, we have uh, seven girls, which I think hormones have been Oh yeah, the thing that has been like, but one thing that a friend advice, another friend gave me, she says, you know, boys have hormones too. And you talked mm-hmm. about being active when they're mm-hmm. feeling emotional and, you know, overwhelmed yeah. or all these things. Like she's like, get them active, which I'm so glad you brought that up. She's you know, go yeah. shoot baskets or run, go. Mm-hmm. And my little girl, I even say like, okay, let's time you and see how fast you can run to the stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But totally they get any, any element of competition in there, a challenge and they, they're all over it. So good. Yeah, I'll even tell him he's uh, he, the nine year old. I'm like, okay, let's go set up an obstacle course, and then we're oh. gonna go through your obstacle course in the backyard. I mean, any of those types of things. Yep. Like boys love it so yes. much, and I think that both you and I have adult sons now. We can really see oh. how that pays off. So, hundred oh, percent, yeah. yeah. And let's talk a little bit about that about the transition, um, yeah. which I remember like 
take my son going to college the first time like it's so like I want to be mom I want to be there and like okay let me see your homework and Mm -hmm. (laughs) all those things so I would love to hear just any advice maybe those moms that are in that season where Mm. their sons you know are transitioning into adulthood what advice do you have for them yes well you know I'm I'm smack in the middle of it right now and and as we record I've got two college sons who are doing college from home but um, we think we'll be flying to California in a few weeks. Please, Lord, let that happen because <laughs> we can't afford our Costco bill anymore. And they just are so excited to be on campus. But um, mm-hmm. but it has been kind of fun because my second son, is he's a freshman. And so I'm actually here as he's you know going through his physics class. And I'm like, oh, what can I get you? How can I help? And I thought, oh, if he were away at college, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> exactly. yeah. so, um, but it's kind of special in its own way. I'm, I'm trying to look at the bright side and all this pandemic stuff. But um, but yeah, I think that the beauty of launching when you've done the work in the earlier years is I think it can be a really healthy, neat time to cheer them on, support them, to trust God a little bit more in new ways. Mm-hmm. And um, and yet I, I understand that some parents, you know, it, it can be a really painful time. You might not be totally sure how they're going to handle the change and giving them that independence might be really scary. But, you know, God knows what they need. And if you've if you've set some um, things in place in their early years and you've taught them, then you've got to just trust that that God's going to lead them. So for me, it's been a really sweet season. I feel like my oldest son, I almost talk to him more when he's away at college than I do when he's home. Yeah. He wants to call and we have these hour long conversations about everything. Whereas at home, we're just like, you know, passing each other and there's always a family around. So I think that the launch time can be a really, really neat time. Again, I, I really parented with my eyes on that day for so long that it felt really special. Now we did do a gap year. Each of my boys took a gap year between high school and we homeschooled all the way through. So, you know, they were Mm -hmm. around and then they had a gap year. So I feel like that was for us, that was the best choice ever. Like I know it's not for everyone, but I loved our gap year. I feel like it just gave us that extra time we needed. And by the time they're ready for college, they were really ready. And so was I. So yeah, that's, that's it. The, I mean, it's hard to even imagine letting go of your boys when they're young and you're like, no, but there's a time where it's really the right thing and it feels really good. And it does feel really good. And when you can see them stepping out and making good choices and you're like, okay, this is, this is yes. working. And I'm glad you brought up gap year because with my boys, they were more, so I have a daughter, like, again, she's a missionary. Mm-hmm. She's like type A personality, getting stuff done, graduated from with her bachelor's at 20. Like there's yeah. that personality. My boys were more slower about like, mm-hmm. ooh, more nervous. I mean, mm-hmm. my third, my third child with my son, he didn't get his driver's license until he was 18, you know, mm-hmm. and yep. I think sometimes they do need that extra time. And I think we expect them, okay, you're 18, just yep. go to college, do all these right. things right. Um, when they're still trying to figure out like who they are. So um, my third child, my son, he started college, went a year and a half and realized like, he wasn't into it. He was, mm-hmm. and so he just worked at Panera for a while. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book. He yeah. like made some computer games. He mm-hmm. worked at Walmart and realized I'm not making any money. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so, but now he's back in college. He okay. is so into it. Yes. He is doing computer science classes and he's doing great. And I think if I would have like pushed him and said, no, you need to stay in college, it would have 
a waste. It would have yeah. been mm-hmm. a waste and mm-hmm. it would have probably hindered our relationship. Yep. But giving him time to like figure out what he wanted to do to work in food service and at Walmart and realize like, okay, yeah, maybe I do want <laughs> yeah. more than this. College sounds a little better now, right? It sounds a little better and it's okay. Like they need time to figure things out. There will be they, those kids that are going to be like, okay, I know what I'm going to do and they're going to yes. shoot for it. And then yes. other ones, like it does take time. It does. And I think that is such an important thing for younger parents to note that I know I grew up with that mentality. You graduate high school, you go to college, but I do think it can be such a waste if kids just are kind of lost and don't know what they want to do. And I think, you know, a gap year or two, or there's so many different ways now that we can do things. And college isn't going to be for everyone. There's some Mm -hmm. jobs that really college isn't necessary. And I know some kids are going to go into the military or just get a job and that's fine. But I think giving them that time, and I think high school can be such a busy season and such a blur that it's hard to be focused on like what's next when you're just trying to get through those high school years. So yeah, I'm a believer in every kid needs to do it their own way. Good. Okay. So Monica, you mentioned homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to waste this time because you're like, you're here and everyone in the world is homeschooling now or (laughs) schooling at home. So um, as we wrap up this, this podcast, what advice do you have maybe for those Mm. who suddenly are thrust into it? They never expected to either be homeschooling or schooling at home, schooling at home. What advice do you have? Yeah. I think the biggest advice I can think of, because I am probably like you getting, you know, messages and (laughs) emails every day from people going, I'm freaking out. What should I do? I don't even know where to start. And I mean, I think the most important thing for moms to realize is, is you probably are not going to screw things up in one year's time and that that you're probably doing way better than you think you are. So though I can't speak necessarily to the distance learning because I know they have their own curriculums and they're kind of going through the school system. But if you have made that leap or you want to make that leap and just actually homeschool legit, like get your own stuff and do it your own way, then there there's, you probably can't go very wrong. I mean, give those kids lots of love, make sure they're reading and doing some math. But otherwise I just say, don't, don't waste time freaking out or being anxious when you're going to look back and regret that. You want to enjoy them. You want to give them the experience that they can't have at school. So, so often we try to make our homeschools look like a traditional school and that you're missing the whole point then. So I say, and I'm preaching to myself here, because again, I grew up in public school, so I still have that tendency to be yeah. so rigid and checklist mom. But I say the more we can just snuggle up with those kids, just enjoy them, have some time where you're just laughing over lunch. And, um, you know, yes, we need to check some boxes. I'm, I'm college focused for my boys. So I want them to do their math and do their, you know, basic core, but try not to kill yourself because you're, you're probably doing better than you think and try hard to just enjoy them and relax a little and know that if you want to send them back, eventually, I think schools are going to open again and eventually (laughs) it may be a new normal, but, but this won't probably last forever. And so don't regret the time by being unhappy or miserable and making your kids miserable. And they're probably a little anxious too. And so, you know, when mom's anxious, it's going to spill over and affect all of them. So do your best to trust God and, and spend a little extra time praying and committing the day to him and then just do your best with what you got. 
Yeah. And I love how you said you're not going to ruin them. (laughs) And they're actually learning so much. And especially with my little guy who's so active, I I do a lot of reading out loud and he's like on the floor with Legos and cars and I'll like think he's totally not paying attention. And then I'll ask him a question and he can tell me just what I've been reading the last time. Isn't it amazing? Same with mine. Yes. Yes. So, you know, I know that, you know, it isn't like the school classroom where you have to sit there for, Mm -hmm. you know, eight hours or six hours or even five hours and, Mm -hmm. and do these worksheets. And I always, I tell people too, like if they can tell you the answers, they don't need to fill out the worksheet. Like save that writing time for like creative writing and doing fun stuff. Um, because I think we, you know, schools, they need to have 28 pieces of paper with everyone's name on the top and all the answers to the quiz, but we don't like our child can say, explain exactly what they just learned in that science project. They don't need to write it down. And so I do think it is about, um, enjoying them and, and throwing out all, I mean, I was raised in public school too, throwing out that sitting there and just Mm. trying to do the paper, just do the paper and really realize like if they're learning, they're getting it, then that's what the whole goal is. Um, Yes. And I think it makes a big difference. Yeah. And I think like you said, they're, they're learning so much, even just through the, the day of being home, they're seeing what mom and dad do. They're observing how the day goes. They're picking up on things that you don't even know they're picking up on. And I think there's just something to just being in a loving environment with a mom that they feel comfortable with. It's really building up something special in them. So just trust, trust the process, trust those of us who have gone before you and just know that it's all going to be okay. Yeah, so basically chill out. Chill, chill out, out, mom. Yeah. Well, I, I hate to oh. say this because it's, it, it might sound a little bit rude to public school families, but I, a friend once told me that she said, listen, because I was struggling. I was having some bad homeschool days. And she's like, your worst day of homeschooling is going to be better than a kid's best day at public school. And, and I don't want to say that across the board. There's great schools out there and some kids mm-hmm. have great public school experiences. But her point was, you're probably teaching more just because they have that one-on-one time with you than they're yeah. going to get in a crowded classroom where they're just, you know, waiting in lines all day and waiting on kids to get disciplined and all the rest. So that encouraged yeah. me when I, I needed it. <laughs> yeah. And, and those rabbit trails are like part of the learning too. We were reading a book mm-hmm. about the gold rush and mm-hmm. I realized like, Oh, you've never heard about the California gold rush. So we were looking up gold mining yes. we a pan for gold and totally. we bought a gold panning kit to do in our ditch, Aww. which there's not going to be any gold in our ditch, but we're going to go and try <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it is these rabbit trails where we think like, okay, we're, I'm not going to finish the book according to what the curriculum says it needs to be done, but they are going to learn yes. because we're exploring it maybe more yes. than they would have had the chance to. They couldn't stop and ask the teacher like, what are you talking about? What is a gold pan? And the teacher wouldn't go on a YouTube, you know, or so, uh-huh. so it is different. And it's like, that's the point. Yes. That's the point that those rabbit trails are the point of learning. And, you know, the curriculum, I would say the curriculum is a guide, not a boss. It can guide you, mm-hmm. but don't feel like you have to do everything it says. So. Oh, keep saying that's that. I need to bonus. keep saying it. <laughs> Monica and I have that bonus homeschool section of, the end of this, yes. this podcast today. Yes. Um, but you, and you did mention your course. So we're going to, you know, I want you to like share sure. where people can find you, but give more information about your course too, because I think this is going to be so helpful um, to parents. Thank you. I'm super excited. In the chapter in Boy Mom, where I talk about character and I talk about those early years and what it looked like to kind of train at home. But then I talk about something that happened in um, when one of my sons was a teenager and he was just going through a rough patch where I felt like, you know, it wasn't anything extreme. He wasn't, you know, getting into trouble with the law. He wasn't cheating or lying, but 
he had a bad attitude and it was affecting the whole family. And it was just this critical spirit. And every time he walked in the room, it felt like a dark cloud was just coming in over him. And we're like, oh, I don't even want to live with this kid. And so I woke up one day, it was early in the new year. It might've been like January 2nd even. And I had been praying and talking to him and working on things. But um, I had this inspiration for doing what at the time I had no better idea. So I called it we're going to do character training. And I gathered a list of, um, <laughs> it wasn't a very good list because it was just off the top of my head, but a couple podcasts, a couple websites, things that I followed personally that were kind of like yeah. related to personal development, faith, character. And I jotted this short list. I happened to have a fresh new journal. And I said, every day for the next, I forget if I said six months or a year, but I was like, you're going to do character training. This is an, in addition to your devotions and your chores and your school day, you might have to get up earlier. Can you tell? I was a little frustrated. I was like, but every day you're going to spend 30 minutes just listening or reading or watching something that will inspire character mm. in you. And so I set this kid up and, you know, and I, okay. And in the journal, the requirement was three things. You need to write the date because I wanted some accountability what you did that day. So, you know, mark it down and then at least one nugget from what you got out of that. And the first day or two, you know, of course there's pushback and there's questions like, well, do, are the brothers doing it? You know, the brothers, everything's the brothers. <laughs> the brothers, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know what, actually they're not, but this is your issue. And, and this is between us. And I have the brothers do other things when they need to. But anyway, so a couple of days went by and he might've you know, put one note, one quote, something. And, you know, he watched a couple, I think I had a YouTube um, video on there of somebody giving a TED talk. There was again, a website, there was a couple articles. And then a few weeks into it, I started looking at his journal and there were pages, like he oh, was getting wow. inspired. And then I looked at his desk and he had quotes written above his desk and posted. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute, something's happening. And over time, I started to watch him walk into the room. And instead of just blurting out whatever he might have before, it was like he was stopping and thinking before he spoke. And he would just be quiet or he would say something positive. And so I knew then that this inspiration was really starting to shape and mold him and that the influence of mom and dad is one thing, but sometimes you need to find somebody else to speak into these yeah. kids' lives. And yes, he had a great youth group and a great youth group leader, but you know, there's some great stuff you can find online and in books. And so um, I shared about that experience and that son now is actually well, I'll just shout him out. He just started his own podcast. He has a podcast oh, called gosh. The Truth for Youth Podcast by Jonah Swanson. And he's such a great pod. Like he's a way more natural podcaster than I am. He's great. But anyway, it's, a good, it's targeting teenagers and it's encouraging them in character and faith. And so... Um, and, and he's okay with me sharing because in the book, I don't say which son it was, but now yeah. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but now he has a podcast that you need to right. listen to. So. Yes. So in the end, I had tons of people reach out to me who read the book and they're like, hey, could I get that list? Like, I want to do character training with my son. Can you give me your list of resources? And I felt like, first of all, that list was really pathetic if you saw how it started. But I also felt like, you know what, if I were to just tell people to just jump in and do this one drill every day. I really don't believe there was magic in that. I believe what was going on right. was the bigger picture of everything we had done from the beginning. So many things we do as a family and, and have learned over the years. And then adding that to it was just like the icing on the cake. And so I decided the best way to give people that list would be to create an online course. And it's, um, 
it's five modules and it's really foundational. It kind of gives some of the spiritual foundations and then some of the practical stuff. I did a ton of research. I have, you know, bonus interviews with amazing people who had such a great voice to the conversation, uh, a girl dad, a girl mom, you know, I wanted to balance it. So it's for boys yeah, and girls. Yeah. And um, then at the very end, I give that character training module where I give not the list I had years ago, but a really good list of updated, like there's a ton of TED Talks, there's websites, there's books, there's articles, and um, everyone can take that. If they want to walk their teenager through character training, they can just do it on their own and hopefully, you know, find some great results through that. And, and then I added an early years module because at first the course was just for parents of teens and tweens. But I thought, you know, we need to address the early years as well. So I added a early years module to get started when the kids are little. And um, I am thrilled. So, yes, it's it. I did a beta group over the summer and that went really well. And so now we're launching um, at the end of September and we'll launch again in the new year. So, yeah, you can find out more just Good. at my website. And we'll make sure we have all the links to the podcast, the course, Thank the you. book, everything Thank will you. be I'm in the super show notes. Excited. Thank you. And we will appreciate have it. it. And I just appreciate you being here. I appreciate Aww. just your heart for boys and girls and families. Yes. And yes. All that you're doing. <laughs> it does make a difference when we pour into kids when they're young. Mm. Um, we do get to reap the fruit of that when they're older. Yeah. So yeah. any advice you give is super helpful. So thank you, Monica, so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. It has been my honor and such a pleasure to get to chat with you. Well, friends, how fun is it that last week we were talking about being moms of daughters and this week we're talking about being moms of sons. I loved so much of what Monica shared about investing the time in our boys. Now, because I have a lot more girls than boys, often you hear me talking about them a lot more, but I will say I have the best time with my boys, especially my older boys who love to come and play board games and we spend time together all that time like Monica was talking about too that I invested it in my sons when they were younger has really made a difference now and I just love that I love that the investment when we when we give our heart when we give our time when we listen to them even talking about video games that we might not really care about <laughs> that it makes a big difference and I love also how Monica talks about giving them healthy adventures and letting them be boys. And I think it is so cool, you know, in a, in a world that wants everyone to be peaceful and I mean, give the boy the stick that can be a sword and let him run it around and have those adventures. That really is, uh, you know, what they need at this young age. And then as they get older, encourage their adventures, encourage their courage and their exploration in other ways. And of course, give them the biblical truth, um, spend that time in prayer and teaching them and training them. And it really does make all the difference as a mom of a little, very, very active 10 year old. And as a mom of two adult sons, it does make a difference. Now today's walk it out first is Deuteronomy 31 six. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the Lord, your God will personally go ahead of you he will neither fail you nor abandon you. And first of all, for us as parents, it's so important to remember that God is going ahead of us as we 
raise our sons. And sometimes it is a challenge to think we are raising boys that will be men, that will lead families, that will guide the next generation. And it can be discouraging or overwhelming. But remember that God goes ahead of us and we can be strong and courageous and not afraid that God is going before us to help us and to guide us as we train up our sons. But also this verse is for them to teach our kids it's okay to be strong and courageous and that we can turn to God and to remind our sons that God is going before them too, that he had plans for them, he has a design for them, that God will not fail or abandon them. So let me pray for all of us today. First of all, Lord, I pray for Monica. I pray a blessing over her and her ministry and for the way she guides and trains parents. I pray for her sons, that you'll continue to grow them into godly men of God. I thank you so much for my sons and just the blessing they are in my life and help me and guide me as I train them. Also for all of our young men, I pray that you will help us and guide us and train us how to teach them how to be strong and courageous, not to fear, not to panic, not to be overwhelmed because I know it makes a huge, huge difference. I thank you, God, that you never fail or abandon us, that you are always there for us. Thank you for every listener. Thank you for every um, even struggle in our path that, that those struggles will teach us to turn to you, to guide you. And even with our boys, when there's conflict there, remind us, Lord, that we can be strong and courageous because this conflict is an opportunity to turn to you for strength and to teach our kids, our sons, to turn to you for strength. And I pray you'll be, be with every listener this week. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful for the way you listen and tune in. And as summer has slipped into fall, there's often so many changes in the outside world, but sometimes there isn't a lot going on still. I know so many people are still under quarantine and schooling from home and so many changes in their lives. Now, I want to encourage you. I have lots of resources that can help you to encourage you, whether you need just a good novel to read, whether you are dealing with angry kids. I have a book for that, Calming Angry Kids. I have um, books on not grumbling. I don't know. You know, it's almost Thanksgiving. Are you struggling with grumbling? We often find ourselves struggling with grumbling. Um, I have a resource for that. I have devotional books. Prayers That Change History would be an amazing devotional book. And I have it all in one place. So I have a new store on my website. If you just go to trishagoyer.com, you will see a shop button. And there I have my novels. I have devotional books, my parenting books, anything that can help you during this season, whether you just need a book for entertainment or a book for inspiration and encouragement. It's all there. Now, for my listeners, I have a special coupon code. So if you use the code WELCOME, all capital letters, um, you will get 50% off your first order. And that's just my early Christmas gift to you, to encourage you to pick up some books, to consider buying them for Christmas gifts, to bring some encouragement and entertainment into your home. Again, you can just go to trishagoria.com, click on the shop button. After you fill your cart, use the coupon code welcome and you will get 50% off your first order. Also, 
pass on this information to your friends, pass on this podcast to your friends. If you know a mom out there that needs to be encouraged about her sons, pass on this podcast, let her know about it. But you can also tell your friends about my store and about the shop and about the discount discount code. Again, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I pray that you will be encouraged and inspired this week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.